0: It's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure.
2: You got this. Adidas. Hello there, I'm Tony Gal and you are listening to We Are West Ham Podcast.
1: You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones Thomas. Edwards finally managed to peel himself away from the luxurious hotel balcony in Ibiza, drag himself back to England and join us from the UK once again. Tom James, lovely to see you both. Since we last spoke, West Ham have beaten Brentford 2-1 in a friendly. Reading pulled out of the scheduled one that we had uh, lined up for today and there's been absolutely zero transfer action. But, West Ham take on Bournemouth and another friendly at London Stadium on Saturday. So, I don't know about you two, but I'm certainly looking forward to going unbeaten in pre-season and then inevitably not picking up a single point from our first six Premier League games. Tom, you don't look tanned at all. In fact, you look paler than you did before you left. How are you? How's I, beef? Are you glad to be back?
0: Um, I don't know if I want to do the rest of the podcast because the way you've introduced me, actually, pal. But um, no, I'm all good. White is anything, as always. Yeah, that hasn't changed. I thought this year might be the year which they would all change. i would come back golden brown and really mug you off. Flowing Barnet and everything. Beard, sadly not, but I'm all good, mate. All good. All good. Just want to transfer. Just want something to happen for West Ham, but all good.
1: That's the thing. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's watched, if either of you two watch White Lines on Netflix, the, um, the show about IB for, I was expecting a bit of a, a bit of an Adonis Tom to come back. Well, exactly. He said hair flowing in the wind, rippling abs, golden suntan girls hanging off you left, right and center, but not the case. A man who is used to having girls hang off him basically his whole life. A babe magnet himself, James, how are you keeping? You look
2: wonderful for our first YouTube show today. Thanks mate. Um, it's been about four years since any of that actually happened to me. Maybe five. <laughs> Did, um, it ever, yeah. Did it ever, though? Did it ever? I mean, I, I might, I might be lying when I say four <laughs> or five years, but, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm absolutely fine, thanks, mate. Yeah, a um, little bit. I'm struggling to stay awake really because the lack of news that's going on. But, um, but yeah, it's yeah, looking forward to the season, but only next week now. Are One you really? Weekend are you really no. looking forward to the season
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well yeah, look, we've got a uh, it's a bit it's been a bit of a quiet week on all fronts for west ham particularly in the transfer market which i'm sure if any of you who are listening have have been on twitter or been online at all it's not a great place if you're a west ham fan looking for transfer news this week but we'll fill you in with some uh, other exciting stuff on the show tonight we've got we'll have a look back at the brentford friendly 2-1 victory did anyone watch? Does anyone care? Uh, said that we're supposed to play Reading today. They've pulled out. We're not sure why. Bournemouth at home coming up on Saturday. The headlines, there's a West Ham United former player whose sister got abducted and kidnapped in her home country. And she's been released today, which is good news. That's an interesting one. We'll try and do a transfer segment. We Some of the names we mentioned last week, Shane Duffy, Eze, Ryan Fraser... Not a sniff of any of those coming in. Of course, we'll touch on the outgoing season expectations. We've done those a little bit last week. There's been a lot more negative commentary about the board this week. We've done our Twitter poll as usual. We ask you, the We Are West Ham listeners, what you thought and where you think West Ham are going to finish this year. We'll delve a little bit into the starting eleven. Name that game is back. Slight little tweak in the format as we uh, we line things up in pre-season, ahead of the real thing for We Are West Ham. And of course, we'll do our new segment right at the end, where we'll delve into what the West Ham women's team have been up to. So boys, busy one. A few little bits of housekeeping before we start properly, uh, just to everyone at home. We've got a fantasy football, fantasy Premier League league that we've set up, the We Are West Ham league, so that you, you can play against me, James and Tom and all the other listeners to the pod, the code, in case anyone didn't hear it last week, is all lowercase C-N-Y-6-O, as in the letter U. There's hundreds of you have signed up already, so get on over there. This tonight will be our first YouTube Uh, upload Tom will be in charge of that later on so not only can you listen to our dulcet tones every week can also watch us back me and James have put on our best hats for the occasion and Tom as ever has put on his best moustache and one thing as we always (laughs) ask of you every single week and we really appreciate it this week if we can if you could perhaps give us a five-star review and leave us and write a little review for us on your chosen podcast platform we would really appreciate that So, boys. Brentford housekeeping out the way. Back to football. We've beaten Brentford 2-1. Unbeaten in pre-season. Absolutely scintillating form from the Hammers. Did either of you watch it? Then do either of you care, Tom?
0: Sadly, I have time to watch it, so I did. I did <laughs> manage to watch that one, but it wasn't. Yeah, we. I thought we looked a bit open in midfield. A friendly's a friendly. We looked decent going forward. I think. That much is clear now that our front six are more than good enough to keep pace with the top ten. And if that's the way we wanted to go and play expensive football, that we've got firepower there, we've got goals. Dean Garner coming back into the fold, he looked tricky again. He he obviously only had forty five minutes this time, but he did enough to keep putting his name in the hat to be in that starting eleven for Newcastle on the twelfth. But yeah, I think I, I get proof. What can you read into pre season really apart from? getting the players' fitness up, integrating new players. And we have no, no new players to integrate. So it's just pretty run-of-the-mill stuff at the minute. And it's good to get a win against a good Brentford side. But other than that, I, don't, I didn't read much into it, to be honest.
1: Jonesy, would you, um, did, you, did you have as much time on your hands as Tom <laughs> watched the whole thing? Or did you
2: uh, flit in and out and just watch the highlights? I haven't watched any of it. Um, Not even the highlights? It's been, it's been a busy weekend. What about um, your
1: preparation for the Wheel West Ham podcast, James? Oh,
2: it's all up there, I, you know. And, and <laughs> yeah. as I've, as I've always said, preseason, you know, it's just a fitness exercise. Don't care about the results. Uh, look out to see you sort of taking a little bit of form into the into the the, the season proper. But um, it's, it's good to see us beating high flying Championship player finalists Brentford. Um, Terrible form the, now, aren't they? Exactly, yeah. At the same time, you know, it's just good to get another another 90, 90 minutes under our belt. Um, Seems to be many injuries. The um, Garner still looks like he could be pretty key for us. Uh, Suchek, goal machine for midfield. Absolute machine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, Suchek's a shoo-in for my fantasy team, by the way. Uh, yes. Five, yes million, five million quid, so cheap. Absolute, yeah. But get him in. Czech
1: Kuyate, so those of you listening at home, as we said, the We Are West Ham Fantasy League, you can see this season, James Jones last season had an absolute stinker, he was telling me what a fantasy football king that he was, terrible start, ended up beating me, so that is annoying, do join up if you want to see how me and the boys get on. Rico Henry was pretty Mm. impressive for Brentford, Uh, he's one of the few names that we have been, I say linked, I'll put that in air quotes, but I think it's more just by linked, I mean some fans have said we would really, really like him on Twitter uh, Aaron Cresswell at left back, we've been saying it for months and months and months how we de- desperately, desperately need a left back, probably a right back as well, Tom you, you watched the game, he was pretty impressive Henry, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, go, particularly going forward, I've watched a lot of it in Brentford again, like I said West Brom last week, they're always on TV, Brentford seemingly and defensively we know he's solid. We know he's a good player. He gets in the right position. He's impossible to beat one-on-one at that level. He's, he's dynamic. But going forward, he really, really impressed me off both feet. He was uh, cutting inside, going on the outside as a left-back, making time in his runs very, very well. And he, he certainly showed Cresswell up in that game. The level of mobility that he has is the intelligence of his runs and the actual physical attributes he has, which Cresswell maybe once had a few years ago it's still not in the same capacity henry had but just his a bit gap and down the pitch and cresswell being caught out at the same time and i just think more than anything it showed to us that all people who watch the game that perhaps we are even cresswell's even worse than we think and that henry would improve us massively and uh, it's the exact it's the exact player we need exact position and and if we were willing to spend money after the performance he put in last week there's no doubt that we'd make a move for him and it's just a shame that there's no noises coming from upstairs that, that that could actually be a possibility because he was really, really brilliant, to be honest.
1: Now, we'll move on to that a bit later in the show on the, the transfer segment because it's been a bit of a toxic week. If you're a uh, if you're a West Ham user of, of Twitter and you're regularly on that, that platform a lot, it's been a bit of a strange week with fans, you know, understandably. In some sense, it's getting a bit irate about the lack of transfer activity. There is still, of course, plenty of time to go, but um, yeah, not too many rumours coming out of the club either. The Reading game, we were lined up to play a friendly away at Reading today um, at the Medeski Stadium and it just went cold. I understand Reading were the ones that pulled out of the game. Uh, Perhaps they saw what scintillating form we've been in in pre-season, Jonesy, and and decided to pull the plug because they didn't want to shoot their players' confidence before the big kickoff.
2: That's definitely the reason why. Absolutely. (laughs)
1: No doubt about it.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, why else would they cancel it? It is is strange that there's been no sort of explanation as to why they've pulled out. Um, Because they they played Chelsea at the weekend or something Mm. like that. um, So, yeah, it's strange. Um, Yeah, I mean, is that going to be the the crippling hammer blow to our pre-season preparations? That that, that one less 90 minutes is going to completely derail our season? I really fear that it might be.
1: You never know. But the thing is, that will that will have annoyed Moyes, no doubt. If that's part of your plans, clubs are trying to get in as many or do what they can with pre-season. That's the other thing as well. Obviously, I've got no indication that this is the case. But with coronavirus floating around, you don't know that that there might have been a mini-outbreak in, in the Reading team or there might be some sort of problem with that. Uh, like I say, I'm stressing the point here. that. Listen,
0: a- I think their, uh, their manager might have been getting sacked uh, uh, like... And apparently it was quite a quick thing, and he didn't expect it, and he had to take the game on the weekend, and then it could be something to do with that.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But they, uh, yeah. Do you you think, from from a West Ham perspective, that would have uh, upset Moyes somewhat? Yeah, and of course the Betway Cup, Bournemouth at home on Saturday. West Ham, obviously not the holders of the Betway Cup, our own competition, and I think we've won it once. In the four or five seasons that it's been going for lost on a penalty shootout of course as I'm sure everyone will remember from last season to athletic Bilbao at the London Stadium Bournemouth at home on Saturday lads you know might be seeing a few Bournemouth players who hopefully or perhaps might be lining up in a claret blue shirt next season obviously Ryan Fraser's already left so we won't be seeing him but Callum Wilson is uh, one who West Ham fans have been been talking about in the past. Are you um, any particularly exciting thoughts for that game, given the silverware on the line?
2: No. Um, <laughs> well,
1: that's that segment then. Thanks very much old. for contributing. Do you know what? Do, do know <laughs> yeah. what? No, do you know go.
2: what? I, I mean, it's, it's nice to win a bit of silverware, even if it is meaningless silverware. Uh, <laughs> particularly given that we're we're, we're deprived of a silverware, aren't we, as West Ham fans? But um, in terms of players that we hope to see, I mean, unless they got some half decent defenders, you know, I'm not. I mean, Callum Wilson, don't I'm not really bothered about him. You um, need a
1: striker though. We'll, yeah, we'll but that.
2: I'd rather assign defenders um, at, at this stage. Uh, if he's free towards the end of the window, once we've got those like, the fullbacks sorted, then yeah, by all means. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, it'd be a good test against a side that's gone down. Obviously, they're going to be eager to to get to get their season up up and running relatively quickly with a bit of foam. Obviously, they've got the new manager as well with Eddie Howe leaving. So, um, so yeah. Um, yeah, it should be a good little run out.
1: I should have, uh, I think, James, perhaps should have stuck with your first answer and then this could have been the world's shortest ever We Are West Ham podcast, I think. <laughs> if we just do a one-word answer show tonight, we can all get on and <laughs> get back yeah, to he's our... Not he's not a fan <laughs> of Friendly's. He's
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> not, not a fan of friendlies. Not a fan of at all. Well, look, boys, that's... Um, that, that's a nice little introductory segment we've done there. James Jones not interested in talking about West Ham at all this week, as it seems. But the uh, the friendly against Bournemouth on Saturday, I'm, I don't particularly, I don't particularly care about it. I've said that all along. Just like Jonesy, pre-season's not important. But given the, the Reading game that, that Moyes has missed out on, I'm sure not so much from a result point of view, Tom, but given that this is yeah. our last game before the Premier League season kicks off properly, there you know it, it will be mm-hmm. one that, that perhaps we should look into with a bit more detail or watch a bit more keenly.
0: Yeah, I'd expect that he, he'd like to field the first 11, at least to come out and play the first half, which will be close enough, or if not the team which turns out against Newcastle, because what we've... Had three games and half the squad was split so the most anyone's played is two games at this point and we're what 10 sorry 11 days away from the start of the Premier League season I mean people need minutes we we absolutely need minutes we need fitness and we need to hit the ground running because that game Newcastle obviously I don't want to be typical West Ham drama saying Newcastle do or die because of the running we got after sorry the run we got after but it's a relatively big game considering the, the fixtures we have after and we like to kick us off with a few points and and people hitting the ground running and people like Dean Garner, Bo and everyone contributing again and I'd like him. I'd like to see a few people get 60 minutes plus this time not change the whole 11 at 45 minutes but results wise I'm not fussed as long as they're fit, no injuries and we, we can have a full squad which is a, a small squad at the minute to uh, pick from for the first game of the season I'll be a happy man
1: Well, you heard it here first. Tom Edwards says the Betway Cup game against Bournemouth on the weekend is do or die. We (laughs) Talking of uh, do or die, luckily for this former West Ham United player, nothing sinister happened to his sister when she was abducted in his home country in South America. So if you want to hear about all that, stick with us because we'll have that next. So, Tom Edwards thinks that West Ham's Betway Cup game against Bournemouth on the weekend is do or die. West Ham's board don't seem to be taking that approach in the transfer market during this window. But in some completely non football related news, news emerged only earlier today, in fact, that a former West Ham striker, Enna Valencia, his sister, was abducted two weeks ago in his hometown of home country excuse me, of Ecuador, um, Ersi Valencia-Lastra. Her brother was announced as a Fenerbahce player on the same day and she was was kidnapped by a a group of armed men a couple of weeks ago. They stormed her house after attacking members of the family and took the 28-year-old by force. Her husband luckily managed to escape by throwing himself into a nearby river but uh, luckily for Enna, he got the news today that his sister had been rescued. Now, you may wonder why on earth we're talking about this and a, it is because a it's been an extremely quiet week on the West End front. But one thing um, I would like to bring up, given the nature of the podcast and at the beginning when I ask you two how you are, rarely am I asked in return how I'm doing and I've had a particularly traumatic week. I'm not comparing it or competing with Enna here because I'm sure his sister getting kidnapped is pretty bad, but I managed to uh, tweak my ACL ligament in my knee this week, boys, by just getting off the sofa, uh, which comes only days before having booked a surfing trip to Portugal, and I've just found out today that there's every chance Portugal will be added back to the quarantine list. So it's been a stressful time for me. I'd just like to get your thoughts quickly on who you thinks had a worse time me or Ena Valencia.
2: Um, I don't think Anna Venti's had a, had a poor time. I think his sister's had a, a pretty poor couple of weeks, to be fair. But, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, it must be quite terrifying.
1: I mean, um, what sort of a
0: sibling are you? I'm sure he was worried.
2: Absolutely. But, I mean, he's still fantastic. I fell during that. Yeah. Worrying <laughs> Jonesy's two weeks. focused
0: on the finances. He's just taken a few million quid in bonuses. I, I'm with yeah. Jonesy. The geezer's laughing, mate. He's laughing he's, to he's the bank.
2: What was that? What was that? No. Oh, oh, my sister's missing. Hang on, let me just sign this Fenerbahce contract. And then yeah. I'll worry about it after. Oh, look, she's been released now. I've signed the contract. <laughs> you don't
0: um, even the, have a number.
2: Yeah. The uh, the uh, Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, on a, on a serious note, it's great that she's she's safe and well. Um, and uh, What about me? Well, I, I mean... On <laughs> a serious well, note, I, and then you can give got me some you sympathy. You, <laughs> I haven't got round to you. Um, Okay, I, on a serious note, it's terrible about Will's ACL. Um, Thank you. No sympathy on the old holiday front, though. You know, None? You, you None li- at you all? Knew that, you knew that would happen. No, uh, but we
1: looked at Portugal two weeks ago, not, nowhere near the cor- travel corridor list,
0: 19 yeah, people, it's only, it's only just come off.
2: It's only just come off and then they have put it back on again. So, a bit of a risque move there, mate.
0: The, what so, I'm um, worried about, except that the thing which we're all missing here is the fact that Will's surfing holiday... And the James who played rugby—I don't know what's more ridiculous out of you two: one of you <laughs> playing rugby or you surfing. I don't know which one I can—I can't get my head around it. Well, it it's, will, got, it it's got
2: to be the surfing. Come yeah, on, yeah, I wait. think like, it is. I think you're not from Miami. It. Like, what's going <laughs> on here?
1: Well, look, I—I still wear my hats backwards, and I've got extremely long hair after lockdown, Josie. So I figured I had to fit my lifestyle to suit my look rather than the other way around. You do wear dodgy <laughs>
2: shirts as well, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's all coming together now.
1: Exactly that. Well, look, this is our uh, this is the we Are West Westams first uh, first YouTube podcast. So obviously, those of you listening as you normally do on the normal podcast platforms will be able to hear us as ever. But we'll be putting the YouTube link. Now we've had the channel set up for a while now. We've just been deciding what to do with it. But this will be our first show, so you can uh, you can watch uh, me and the lads, Jonesy, just swigging out of his can of Fosters, which becomes customary in his brand new New York Yankees cap. Tom with his uh, dishevelled chic look that he pulls off week in week out, and me scared of any more comments about my hair or my shirt. And in my plain <laughs> black t-shirt, plain black cap. Well, the the kidnappers did ask Enna Valencia for two million US dollars, was believed to be the ransom that they requested offering whether or not he's paid it or not still remains unclear but luckily enough enna valencia's sister is safe me and my knee and my surfing trip to portugal on the other hand still very much up in the air so i'd like to thank in advance everyone all the listeners at home for sending their well wishes and prayers no doubt worried about me lads enna valencia out the way we're gonna have to do it i'm afraid it will be perhaps the shortest segment in WOSM history, but transfers. Last week, we mentioned potential incomings. Shane Duffy, uh, Eberici Eze, Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson. None of those have happened. Duffy looks like he's almost certainly going to Celtic Eze gone to palace, little or no movement on Fraser and Wilson. We don't really seem to have been linked with anyone either. The outgoings we mentioned again last week, Philippe Anderson, Jack Wilshire, Fabian Balbuena potentially going. None of those have happened either. All we've had is more links to Declan Rice's departure, maybe a bid from Saudi Arabia for Manuel Lanzini and also some interest, I believe, from Napoli. For Pablo Fornells, we'll start with the outgoings first because I think that's probably the more interesting side of things. Tom, I think uh, you you brought to my attention the the bid, the Pablo Fornells stuff from from Napoli. Do we do we think that's uh, sort of what? Can you tell us about that first of all?
0: I think it's one of those where we West Ham are quite a, a club which probably creates a lot of traction in the media world when we're brought up in a transfer saga. And I think that Napoli definitely fancy him as a player and like him. And I'm, I'm aware that they wanted to sign him at the time we signed him, but we just got there first. And I think they're snooping. But from what the reports are saying, it looks like the club aren't willing to sell, which for me is a smart move. One, because you can't it's lose. It's a no any. brainer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he really grew into his own. I think since Moise came in, not that I'm a Moiseola fan, but he really grew into his own. I think he worked hard, he looked good, he started getting better positions, and I think you just got to keep him. He's, he's young and clearly talented and clearly brings something to us starting 11, and it would just be a mental decision to, to get rid of him. He's brilliant age bracket as well. He's got 10 years left of his career, he's, he's a top player.
1: Exactly, he's just bedded himself into the Premier League mm. last season, didn't he? Uh, James Manuel Lanzini. There's uh, rumours of a of a bid from Saudi Arabia, as I mentioned. It's, he came from from the Middle East before. I can't exactly remember uh, what team it was we signed him from, but that was that was from somewhere in the Middle East, the UAE, I believe. Um, again, I think everyone would almost be glad rather than sorry to see Manuel Lanzini go. Do you share those thoughts?
2: I mean, I'd be sorry to see him go, just purely because, you know, he's been he has been a brilliant player for us over the last five years. I know the last two injuries kind of held him back a little bit. That that heartbreaking ACL injury that he got just before the World Cup, completely not as heartbreaking as mine. I don't think absolutely it was as bad not. as mine. No, no, no. 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 absolutely. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I mean, I'd be gutted to see him leave without sort of being able to for us to sort of say goodbye to him. Really, you know, because those first three years at the club, he was superb and um, he was really becoming a very, very influential player for us in our midfield. And yeah, it just didn't, hasn't really worked out for him in the end because of that injury and subsequent, subsequent injuries as well. So it's just that the big question now is sort of how much do you think he's worth and how much do you think we're selling for? I mean, we were saying last week about how rubbish we are at selling footballers. Um, well, you uh, were <laughs> you I, mean, yeah, wrong, okay. I was, I mean, exactly, I'm not wrong um, Everyone agreed with me on Twitter for once So I must have been <laughs> yeah. saying something right um, but yeah, yeah, I was I surprised
1: to see that actually It's
2: mad, yeah. absolutely mad, I still can't believe it um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I, uh, three years ago, we would have got 25, 30 million quid for him Minimum, Before that yeah. World Cup, potentially mm. uh, But now, I mean Given his injury record of late, you know, can we get can we get ten fifteen million quid for him? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if we we ended up accepting a little bit less if he if if he is wanted and and there are bids coming in for him. But I, I don't know. I just don't know if it's worth giving him another season. Just Why? To sort of see, I, I just, don't... just a bit of a squad player. Um, he's taxes, an expensive Rich, squad player, isn't he? We're not buying anyone, though. Well, That's it. We're not Rich buying. Been made, it's been made very clear. Yeah. Well rumours have, uh, have suggested that it's it's very obvious that we're not interested in buying anyone yet. Yeah. Um, so, if we're not going to do that, then we can't particularly, you know, afford to let players go. Particularly given our injury record as a football club, we're going to get injuries to key players and we could have to rely on someone like Manuel and to, to sort of step in. To, to not to incur the
1: wrath of, of a lot of people on Twitter this week, I um, with that, assuming that some of the things that have come out are true, that West Ham are trying to or focusing on getting rid of players before they bring anyone in, assuming that's true, no one shoot me because these aren't my words. However, if that is true, which I think, you know, maybe a sort of a prudent uh, approach to things, Lanzini's on a big old wedge, isn't he? I believe he's in the top four or five earners at the club. He may, may have dropped down that pecking order slightly because of. Haller and um, Anderson, of course. But I think he's still top five. Uh, he's floating at the wages around the 100 grand mark. Uh, a few grand either side of that. He's an expensive one to get off. While we may not get much for him transfer fee-wise, if you can get his wages mm-hmm. off the book, surely that fee frees up some money for, for some other signings. Put it this way, you could get two of Jared Bowen's wages on for one mm-hmm. Manuel Lanzini at the moment.
0: I think we're
2: led, to, we're led to believe that there's no cash to buy players regardless of the, 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 the wage bill. Yeah. So, given our record of selling players for peanuts, you know, you're not going to be able to buy anyone for peanuts. And so, um, yeah, like for you must well just keep him if you're not going to get a good fee for him.
0: Yeah, and for me, talking? I think that um, the, the, we could get a decent transfer fee for Lanzini if he moves to Spain, Italy, anywhere else in England, we could actually negotiate a decent fee, about upwards of £15 minimum, I believe. Whereas if he's going to Saudi Arabia, I just think he's 27. I looked at it today. He's, he's good age. He's Argentinian. Obviously, he's not the player he once was, but if if people getting... so, I know Ramsdale's a name I keep bringing up, but £17 million for an unproven English goalkeeper who's just gone down with Bournemouth, who was shipping goals left, right and centre. I'm sure there's teams out there who really fancy Lanzini, who've lost the 10 recently, who, who think that he could actually come in and do a decent job for him. And I think we'd be mugging ourselves off and underestimating him as a player and a talent if we just let him go for five million to Yowie, Saudi Arabia. And I'd be upset to see him do that because he's a much better player than wasting the rest of his career out in the Middle East where no one's going to care, no one's going to give two hoots and he'll never get back in the Argentina fold because he, he's a decent player. But I think we've maybe moved on from each other. But I want to see him do the best and I'd like to see us make them, make some money off a player who's been a good servant to us.
1: Mm. To be quite honest, Tom, I think after his form last season, Mm. particularly I'd rather play Aaron Ramsdale as our number 10, (laughs) (laughs) but 17 million quid. Incredibly harsh. yeah. No, I just i i I'm, I love him. I love him more than anyone. I think he was he was integral to making piat the player he was at West Ham, because defenders were just as worried about Lanzini doing bits. He was absolutely outstanding and you know, he's of some of my happiest memories watching Manuel Lanzini in a West Ham shirt, but I just think the pair of you, not to you know, not to put too fine of a point on it, but I just think it's a bit living in the past. Last season mm-hmm. What did he do? He didn't do anything. It's not his fault. I just think if you put a hard-nosed football business hat on, you just say that injury, like we saw happened with Cresswell, he's just lost that bit of zing since then. And I think if we want to move forward as a club, you sort of thank him for, for all the great memories he's given us. He's never kicked up a stink. He's always had a pretty good attitude by the looks and sounds of it. But I just think now's the time to let him go. No more, I think everyone knows what's happening with the Declan Rice. There's no real information to report, is there? It's just sort of, if he's going to go anywhere, it looks like it's going to be Chelsea. They're the only ones who may put an offer in. Another couple of standard transfer rumour stories coming out of all the, the usual places this week, mainstream media and otherwise. Um, I don't think we can add anything to that this week, to be honest. On the, the incomings, Lads, so you, I feel like you know the. If you go on West Ham Twitter, as has, it's been a bit of an angry place this week, uh, stories coming out about West Ham trying to. You'll know the. I think it was we're trying to stay up with minimal outlay. Um, that's one of the the quotes, if you like, that's been attributed to the board. Uh, not sure. That obviously, that hasn't been a, isn't a direct quote because they they haven't come out and and spoken one way or the other. Those in charge at West Ham. I think there there is a bit of damned if you do, damned if you don't with that. Because a lot of seasons, when we're linked with loads of people, people are quick to come out and go, ah, oh, classic West Ham, leaking stories that we're linked with really good players and we're never getting anywhere near him, Alexander Lacazette, uh, Maxi Gomez, all these big names. Obviously, we did go out last season and, and buy a top European striker in Sebastian Allaire, Philippe Anderson, it was a big outlay as well. Yeah, I, I do think there's going to be anger towards towards the board and those in charge of transfers, whether we're linked with everyone, whether we sign people, or whether there's no one. I, I think that's the nature of it. But what have you two made, Jonesy? I'll go to you first. What have you made of it this week? It's been a bit of a strange week as far as transfers go.
2: Yeah, it's been strange. Um, I do hope that those those quotes aren't aren't true, or they or they have potentially been. Been bent a little bit and, and, and moulded just to sort of follow the narrative uh, amongst, you know, the negative, the talk amongst West Ham fans. And that's not against West Ham fans. We've, we've got every reason to be annoyed at the moment, you know. Right at the time when the, the squad needs investment, it's not happening. Instead, we're, we're shipping players off for, on the cheap. So, um, But I don't know. We've spent a lot of money in previous summers and haven't seemed to get anywhere. So... Perhaps, you know, the club are trying something a little bit different this time and trying to be a little bit, little bit more measured in their business. I don't know. Um, and that's trying to, I'm saying that without giving them any credit at all. Um, but at the same time, can kind of see whether there might be a little bit of truth, and kind of see method in the madness almost.
1: Absolutely. Tom, well, uh, I, I saw you on, on Twitter this week, quite vocal in your with some statements about David Gold, David Sullivan and the board in general, all related to transfers. We'll give you a chance in the next segment to have your say about that. We'll have a little bit of a chat about season expectations. We'll go through the result of the We Are West Ham Twitter poll that we put live out earlier today. So all the West Ham, We Are West Ham listeners could have their say. We'll have a little chat about the lads and what our starting 11s might be. Name that game. Quiz is coming up and then we'll have our West Ham women's segment to wrap things up at the end. So stay with us because all of that is coming up next. You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, William Pugh, Tom, Thomas Edwards and James. James? Is it James Jim? Is that James is just your full name, isn't it, Jonesy? James, yeah. Yeah, nothing Or Jay. Jay. <laughs> Jay, cool. do they? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I uh, Well, you know, we'll leave this introduction in, not the smoothest intro to the segment I've ever done, but I do like to use people's full and proper names sometimes. So me, Will Pew, Tom Edwards and James Jones, as you might be used to hearing us called, not a lot of action on the transfer side, in or out. Tom's already mentioned what a small squad that West Ham have got going into the season. And just to build on, we did have a quick discussion last week on the, our expectations for the season. We gave out... Our guesses for who's going to be top scorer, player of the year and all that So do go back and listen to last week's episode if you missed it. Tom, we've touched on it briefly already, some comments that have reportedly, important to note that reportedly come out of the club this week. That the, the goal of uh, West Ham's goal of those in the the back office, those running the club this year is to stay up with minimal outlay. Now that, understandably, has enraged people on Twitter. The, you know, the quotes aren't attributed, or they're attributed, sorry, to the board. They haven't come directly from anyone within West Ham, as, as of course they they rarely do. But if it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be too much. It's not too much of a stretch, is it, to assume that that perhaps would be the re- approach if it, it turned out that that was true and that was the strategy for this season not too many people would be surprised. You weren't happy on Twitter this week. I'll read out the uh, the tweet from you. This was three days ago from Tom. Um, we are being run into the ground. And if we're so poorly run that we can't shift anyone else but rice, and we're willing to do so in order to buy, then it's going to turn incredibly nasty for the three jokers in charge. They need flushing out one way or another, typically measured as ever on Twitter from Tom Edwards. And, you know, as as we always say, when when these issues yeah. come up on the We Are West Ham podcast, we do try and look at it from both sides. We say how we feel, um, but we don't want to. You know, we know that people who listen to this don't always want to be filled up with negativity and anger. But we've got Tom here just in yeah. case uh, people do need a dose of that. Tom, obviously, you as as me and Jonesy yeah. do, you feel feel very strongly about the the situation at the yeah. club. Declan Rice hasn't gone yet. But I, I would say I wholeheartedly agree with you um, mm. that, that selling Declan rides this summer, if it's this summer, isn't the summer to do a rebuild based on a huge amount of money, is it? But, mm. but just elaborate sort of on your thoughts a bit more um, and how you're feeling if those comments and that strategy is the one West Ham are going to be adopting this season.
0: Well, I think when the the timer when I tweeted that was a culmination of hearing the news that one with the outlay, the idea was minimal outlay and to stay up. Two, that Rice might go at the end of the window and was looking likely that Chelsea would come in for him and they'd get the deal done. And thirdly, that Eze signing for Palace and it all sort of hit at once and it was a build-up of frustration. I I stick by my word. I do think that the the way they are trying to keep us and the way they are. At the minute, it almost seems like they're readying to sell by trying to make us a profitable club, or at least show that we aren't spending that much money and that that we're worth investing in. Because the the money that's coming out of the club isn't isn't too much, and it's it's something that a potential investor would look into and say, "Well, their their balance sheet is okay, whatever." And it seems like. They are thinking about themselves above everyone else. And we're a football club who's got millions of supporters around the world. I know that might seem ridiculous, but we are one of the best supported clubs in the world, in the country. For our level, particularly, we haven't won anything Mm. since 1980, yet we get 60,000 people there. I don't think there's many clubs around Europe who would be able to get 60,000 people in being not a yo-yo club but being the the, all we've had is playoff victories and an FA Cup final in 06 other than that 1980. The
1: supporter to trophy ratio that we've got is pretty impressive isn't it? Yeah, It's
0: it's, it's incredibly impressive and I, I think that just it was a general frustration that it seems like coronavirus has hit all of us, every single person on the planet very hard but yet Premier League clubs are going out spending money every single club is spending money except us effectively and it just seems that we're being left behind and being done in a way which is like mal intentions and that they are only thinking about themselves and they are just wary of keeping their own pockets full rather than actually helping the franchise or what whatever they want to make us and they're trying to do it with minimum outlay and it's just a build up of frustration and I think that we are in a position now we where we left the Olympics sorry we left Upton Park four four or five years ago now and um, we've not improved and the Lack of ambition. After one summer, yes, we went out and backed Manuel Pellegrini very much. So we spent 100 million players, and not a lot of them worked out. And understand that. But Man City's first 100 million outlays—they didn't work out. Rabinho was gone in two years. A lot of Tottenham,
1: did, Tottenham to wasted it. a lot of the Bale and Modric money, didn't they?
0: Exactly. It's exactly that, and it's about learning how to be in the market. And first, first go—you're never going to get it right. You're not <laughs> going to get four superstars in like Pire. We we lucked out. The best player we've had is a 10 million pound signing from Marseille. And I just think that we need to have another crack at it and flushing out might be a bit too much. They could go out and do something at the end but I'm, I definitely want them out of the club and I just think that one way or another someone needs to inject some ambition into that whether it's David Gold or David and David Sullivan they find it within themselves or it's a manager who takes a stance and, and shows that, he, that no one's going to stand for this and makes a bit of a thing which gets the media up on their backs and realise that we are, we are being run very poorly. And that's no, my main overriding thing I think.
1: Yeah, I don't think um, you know not to not to down what you're saying there, Tom, at oh. all. I, I I think we're you know to uh, the three of us, me and James have spoken mm. at length about this before with you on the show and and before you joined us full time. Mm. Uh, I think we're of we're of a similar a similar feeling. One thing I would say, Tom, just a bit of devil's mm. advocacy, perhaps, no? Because I've heard that a couple of times pop up this week about are mm. oh, they just preparing to sell? If that is true isn't that what everyone or not everyone, but a large majority of the fan base wants.
0: So is that something
1: to criticize them for? If that is, if that, if that is it, Mm. not that they're going to come out and say that, but if they're Mm. preparing the club and the balance sheets for a Mm. sale, which you have to do, that is Mm. if you want to sell a business um, or a football club that, that you do Mm. have to do that. Is is that something would that not surely make you happier in the long run? If that was true.
0: No, you're right. It would make me happier, but it's the way we're going about it. We stayed up by the skin of our teeth last season, and it's probably not the time to not go out and buy anyone when the clearly the left-back, he's not a young player, he's not good enough. He's an old old player who clearly is incapable of playing that position at this level anymore. He's on the Masuaku, way down, not
1: up, isn't he? Yeah,
0: Exactly. And Masuaku, he's been around the club for three, four years, wherever he is now, and he's key. not good enough. And we we just we're not in a position where they can coast and can just say, we're going to set a Premier League club in 12 months because we know we're going to stay up in the division. Find our front six is very decent. It could be top 10 level if we really wanted. And we went for it at back four, but the back four is that bad that we really have a chance of going down again, if not one of the favorites to go down, if they don't make any moves in that capacity. So it just seems odd because Clever businessmen who made money wouldn't do this. They'd at least put a bit of money in and get a centre-half, get a left-back and just know that we're going to be in a position to sell in 12 months where we are a Premier League club. And I think that's where the disconnect comes from. It. I'd love them to sell, and I'm with you on that, but they're not doing it in a way which would be sustainable because selling us the championship, they're not going to do that. They'll just keep running us down. They won't be able to find a seller.
1: No, I do do agree with your point. It seems like a risk, doesn't it? It seems like Mm. a big risk because I can't see us doing, we're not going to do any better than the previous season's relegated teams, are we? There's no way we're going to finish above Sheffield United uh, next season. Leeds, I can can really see them having a big bounce. They're obviously Mm. going to do well. Excellent support week in, week out, if and when fans are allowed back in. Of course, Marcelo Bielsa, no one knows what he's going to be like in the Premier League, West Brom, you know, they're no, they're no slouches. Billich has obviously been around before. A few of their players have, I could see them going down, but it's it's by no means a guarantee that we'll scrape it again. Mm. It does seem like a a significant risk. Jonesy, Tom obviously feels strongly on that as uh, me and you have have chatted about this before. We're we're, of the similar sort of, sort of mindset to, to Tom. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on what Tom's had to say there?
2: I completely agree with him. Um, I mean, I've said so many times in the past that you don't have to. It you, you doesn't need massive investment to improve a improve a squad, of, a squad of footballers. You know, particularly in this day and age when you know scouting and, and all the rest of it is is as advanced as it is. You know, you, we've proven in the past that we can sign good players that improve our starting eleven or at least improve our squad um, without having to spend 40, 50 million pounds on a player. Uh so you know th- you now, if they're thinking you know we, we can't do another hundred million pounds summer, um and as you know quite rightly said, you know we did that once didn't work, so many other clubs have done that, done that, they had to do it three or four times before they've even you know gotten a bit close to it working. You could spend um, fifteen
1: million on a championship left back though, couldn't you <laughs>
2: absolutely, <laughs> to at least no try, yeah, yeah, no problem, and you know the, what what at the moment what the current situation is telling me is that they they haven't got enough information on the transfer targets that that they are supposedly after um, because, you know, once again, the scouting at the club isn't up to scratch. Um, you know, we, we, we spoke months ago about, oh, you know, is that an outrage that they've only got one scout at the club? And I think that turned out to be, you know, it wasn't true. Um, but it's, it's obvious that the scouting at the club isn't anywhere near the standard it should be for a Premier League club, let alone a club with ambitions of being as big as it, it has um, in a 60,000 stadium. And this is the situation we're in now. And we don't have that set up. And now we're, we're, we're sitting there going, oh, you know, we don't, you know, to target, can't afford a hundred million pound summer. Um, don't even think we, you know, don't really want to gamble 50 million quid on a, on a right back or a left yeah, back. That's because it's a lot of money. Spurs just went,
1: sorry, go on.
2: Sorry. It's just, you know, I know what you're about to say. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: And it's madness. Like, what? Like, if Spurs can go and do it, you know? Go on, you
1: say it for me. Go on.
2: I'm not. (laughs) No, no. I just, it's, yeah. Like,
1: Spurs have gone out and spent £15 million on Matt Doherty this week. And he's one of the best right backs. I know he's a right wing back. Whether or not Spurs will play five at the back or not, we don't know. David Moyes has played five at the back in the past. I'd be interested to see genuinely whether he switches to a five again and plays Masuaku at left wing back. Because Masuaku had his best spell at West Ham as left wing back. And that solves that problem straight away. I also think it takes a bit of a defensive burden off Ryan Fredericks, which I think would do him a favour as well. And mm. it would take less pressure or take the pressure off of so you know our centre-backs who, despite everyone saying Ogbonna oh, was... Front runner for uh, Player of the Year last year with Declan Rice. Everyone in the same breath says that our back four is is the worst part of our team. As Jones Jonesy's done just there, I think the five at the back. I think solves a lot of those problems for Moyes, and I'd be intrigued to see if that's how he lines up on the first game in next season. I I do agree. I think some of the the blind anger. This week, because it is worth noting there's still some time to go. I know people have got more angry because there hasn't even been some transfer tidbits to to feast upon, um, which there often is. Like I said earlier, they get criticised as well if, if we're linked with players we don't end up signing. So there is a bit of that inevitable anger that will come around transfer season for West Ham fans. But I do totally agree with, with what you two are saying and with what a lot of fans uh, have been saying this week where there's a line, isn't there, where I don't really feel like West Ham fans are asking us to go out and do another £100 million summer or whatever. And it is worth noting, with that £100 million figure, and I mentioned it at the time, if you zoomed out a bit, that was £100 million where we'd spent next to nothing for the previous two. So mm-hmm. £30 million a season all of a sudden didn't look that much, did it? Certainly not for a team who was supposed to be challenging for European football in that world-class stadium that we've got at the moment. Boys, we asked the we are West Ham fans uh, in the week. We spoke about it last week, where we think West Ham are going to finish. Not a lot's happened in the transfer market this week. Me, you and Tom James weren't particularly enamoured or excited about the prospect of, of West Ham next season. I think we all picked 14th, 15th, 16th, I think were our combined predictions of of where the club's going to finish. I don't know whether either of you feel like that's changed or not this week, but we asked the We Are West Ham listeners uh, what they thought ahead of the show. It's worth noting anyone listening who wants to uh, get involved with these votes, go and follow us. We are underscore West Ham on Twitter if you don't already. But it was quite a simple one this week. This week's poll was where will West Ham finish next season? The options were European spot so first to seventh uh 8 Sorry,
2: 12. Can, I, can I butt in there? The if this is going to dash be finickety. It, the <laughs> sheer audacity you put in first in that answer. Yeah, or, I mean, it should cool. have just been Europe, European spot, 5th to 7th.
0: Because
2: <laughs> there's no way we're finishing top four. And there's definitely no way. I mean, we're not doing a Leicester. It well, we ain't happening.
1: Josie, of the 3%, Of people who (laughs) voted and said West Ham are going to finish in a European spot. Of that 3%, a few of them might have only clicked on it because it said first. They might think we're going to win the league. In fact, they may be annoyed at We Are West Ham for not giving the option of Premier League champion. So you say that, but I don't want to be upsetting um, a percentage of the 3% of our listeners who think that West Ham are going to finish in a European spot. So the other... Choices were 8th to 12th, 13th to 17th, or relegated. Now, I don't know if either of you lads have seen the results yet, but 3%, as I mentioned, think West Ham are going to finish in a European spot next season. And you know what's sad? I think if you'd done that vote this time last year, plenty of people after a 10th place finish the year before were expecting us to be able to edge a 7th spot. So that's down to 3%. 18% of the respondents said we'll finish 8th to 12th, 60%, an overwhelming majority think we'll finish between 13th and 17th. And 19%, excuse me, think that West Ham will get relegated. We had a couple of comments as well. Uh, Tom said, I want to be positive. Suchek and Bowen were solid signings. And if Moyes gets a chance to reinforce the squad further, I'm sure we'll be in a position where we can push our way out the table. Hard run of fixtures to begin with, I know. But all we can do is try. I like that bit of uh, positivity there.
2: All we can do is try. I love that.
1: Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's right, isn't he? It's is all we yeah, can do. Yeah, it's true. And uh, yeah, another uh, reply we had just from West Ham shortly said exactly 13th. So um, a bit of a mix there. Like I say, if you want to get involved, we are underscore West Ham on Twitter. I don't think either of us have, have particularly changed uh, our thoughts. The overwhelming majority of fans appear to agree with us, which, once again, James, is a, is a feeling you're not used to.
2: Yeah, it's a weird. I mean, 2020 just gets weirder.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is the weirdest thing that's happened this year isn't it strange no <laughs> i uh yeah I, I think everyone is is in the same boat at the moment everyone has a has a different opinion on it just quickly what i'd, what I'd like mm. to ask you both about tom i'll, I'll throw this one to you This it's a bit off the cuff we didn't speak mm. about it before um when you know people who clearly want the want the board out um there's there's lots of people among the fan base a large percentage of the fan base who feel that way um one thing i'd i'd like to get your thoughts on because we did touch on it last mm. last week about season tickets i feel if i if i felt strongly enough on that matter the 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 way i would would show that or the the best way to show that or take real action as i know the um uh, you know, some of the Hammers United um, guys, a lot of their their members have just don't go to West Ham anymore. And that's what a lot of people talk about, just not going anymore. And that's that's what I think if I felt strongly mm. enough about it, and I do feel strongly about it, um, but if it was something that, you know, I really w- was really, 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 I, I had to show my like, act rather than speak, would be to not go to West Ham anymore mm. and then not buy things mm. from the shop um and basically not not pump money into the club you you think tom i I think you feel Mm. the strongest um out of the three of us or you're certainly you know very vocal about it you Mm. put your points across well when you do what do you feel about the idea that if you feel that way if Mm. i was to say to you well if you feel that way and so strongly tom then don't go to the games Mm. or don't buy things from the shop how do you what do you how do you feel about that sort of point
0: without coming across as a sad little nerd or whatever, I, I'm not going to let, I think the people who still choose to go is uh, for me. I'm not going to let three people who have a total disregard for one of, if not the most important thing in my life, bar my family and mates. I'm not going to let those three people dictate my passion, my love of the game. Cause this is what I want to go into. Like, like both of you work in the media and sport world effectively. That's, that's what I want to do all stemmed from being a West Ham fan and loving that. And I'm not going to let three people take that away from me. And, and I try to go down different avenues, but obviously no aggression, whatever I want to protest and want to get the point across and I want to do it in the right manner. And I want it to be in a way which doesn't affect my life because they've already affected it enough by not putting enough in, not caring, changing the badge and done that. I'm not going to let them win by making me not go in and watch West Ham where at the same time, if I wasn't at the game, I'll still be at home finding a weird stream or, or finding a way to watch it or watching on Sky Sports. I still want to be there. I still want to enjoy the day with my mates because West Ham is bigger than them. We'll outlive them. The fan base is massive. And one day, whether it's with them or without them, we will bounce back. We will be better. We will be bigger. And we will we will make a fist of actually being an ambitious club because you have to be blind to not see how big a club we can be and the potential we have, particularly with 60,000 fans behind us now. Um, and I just think that I'm not going to let them win. For me, if I started to not go, um, and they took that away from me, I'd I'd see it as as them winning. And I don't think I'll ever let that happen. Um, yeah,
1: I do I, I do I do see where mm. you're coming from there. Just one more, Josie, before I throw to you uh, on that, Tom. Do you, mm. if I was to say to you then what you said there, that mm. by doing that, the you know the the owners who or the the, the finance people at the club they know that the fan base yeah. is, is fill up or f- there's a lot of people in the fan base who hold that viewpoint. Mm. And if someone was to say to you, well, the, they're relying on that. that, that exact thing that you've said, mm. because you love West Ham so much and you want to, you, know, you want to go every week. And because the the club know that, that, that plays into their hands because they, there's no, what reason have they got to change their actions? Because whatever they do people like you will still go what what do you say to that
0: i say that i think the only other fit. you're right you're bang on i just
1: you know what so why i say it's because newcastle fans right i know i know it's a huge amount but they got to that stage didn't they where they're like i'm not going anymore and again they're newcastle fans (laughs) just as passionate as west ham Uh, they really care about their club um, you know, everyone knows what Newcastle fans mm. are like very similar, one of our episodes not long ago was called the London, we are the London mm. version of Newcastle so mm. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's to try and belittle how you feel, mm. I'm generally curious because I feel like that that would be the best way to, to yeah. do it um, so w- what do you feel about the fact that the club play on mindsets mm. like yours, where they it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what we do because people like Tom and thousands of others who love mm. West Ham, and I'm not belittling any people who feel like that because I'm the same, but they'll yeah. come anyway, so it doesn't really matter.
0: I think the the one thing I'd say is I mean, I I agree and I totally know your viewpoint on it is is never belittling, but I'd say that I think the difference between our owners and Mike Ashley is that Mike Ashley is potentially a better businessman. He doesn't care about what people think about him. He cares about money coming in his pockets. Our three in charge have clearly shown that they are very they are like, well, very self-conscious people. They care about their image. They care about what they're portraying and they care about the way they come across to the people. They are Sky Sports. I know you're not... You're, they can't. But I know, but, but I, think, I think... I think Exactly, and I think I, they can't because of the way they're doing it. But I think no club ever is asked Sunday Supplement. No club's ever cared. No owners have ever said apologize. It's Why are they even watching? Why do they care? Why do they care what a media <laughs> Jonathan Liu says? Why do they even bother? But our owners care. Karen Brady's on The Apprentice. They are they're all love this image they create for themselves. And I think the more bad press they get and the way by protesting and getting numbers there and, and heartfelt. And, and, and yes, I would agree with you, mate. If, if five, six years, they're still there and still doing the same thing. I'd be stupid to keep going and paying them money because I am fee- feeding their pockets. I just have this idea that they care about themselves. And the more you create and generate an idea of they are bad people or, or they wish bad on the football club and you put that in the press and it gets traction, like it did when Hammer's United, I we had that big one and it started getting put in Talk Sports, Sky Sports, Sunday Supplement, all these things, the more we do that and the bigger numbers and the more turnout. I'd rather do it that way and give myself a few years of enjoying it whilst I'm at this age, go home and away, and I have no responsibility. Enjoying I'm it. Enjoying, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hating it, but yeah, at least yeah. being with my mates. And being this age, I can go up and down the country. I don't have kids, whatever, and make the most of this period. And I, I, I like to think that that's the way it is, but we'll, we can only see, time will tell, and I really, really hope they're getting closer and closer to leaving.
1: Yeah, I, I I I totally get where you are coming from. I'm glad I asked. I'd just like to say, you know, that's not my that's not my stance on it. It's just uh, the thoughts that come up in my head because I know how passionate you feel about it, Tom. And I just wonder, you know, whether what stage does it get to that where you go, no, I can't do this anymore because I'm f- fueling the fire almost. And we're all the same. Me, you, and James all bought our season tickets again this year. Um, so you know, I, I I totally agree on that. The the Jonesy, I'd. I've, do you again tom speaks a lot of sense especially on on this this sort of matter and i just would say that is the one thing tom's touched on it there why i feel they don't step away from the club is because i how are they relevant anymore in society their celebrity immediately goes doesn't it i think that Mm. means more to them than any money david gold's in his 80s you know, I think uh, I think at the beginning, gold particularly, and still does less so now, but came across the better of, of the two. And I just feel that as soon as they're not West Ham owner uh, David Gold or West Ham owner David Sullivan anymore, or West Ham chairman uh, Karen Brady, they their relevance but they just they stop being relevant in public life, don't they? They're not in the public view anymore. Then they're just faceless, nameless businessmen aren't they you know running and summers a successful business no doubt and all their other the business ventures that the, the celebrity element goes and i think that it's very rarely spoken about um, in mainstream or west ham media whatever and i think that's the the crux of the issue um if you ask me jonesy me and tom have, have dominated that little segment there. have you sort of got anything to add or you singing off the same hymn sheet i'd imagine
2: no i do i do agree um I mean, I understand it, as Tom was saying, that where people go, you know, why do you keep going? Just putting money back in their pockets. But as Tom said, you know, a life without West Ham, you know, it's it's very difficult just to stop going when you've grown up, sort of going every other week. Um, And, you know, I I battled with myself with that this summer going, you know, is it worth it? All my mates were like, well, we're renewing, but purely for the social side of it. When you Uh, say all of your mates,
1: you mean both of them? Uh, my brother's
2: one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, um, a bloke I'm related yeah. to, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, no, but they've all said, yeah, we're doing it. But mostly for the for the social side of it. And it has been, it is a social thing for us. Mm. Um, it's a kind of social first, football second these days. And, you know, yeah, we we chat about the game, you know, before and. and you know, we, we we get there on time and, you know, we tend to stay until the final whistle, but it. it Football's almost secondary on, on the Saturday afternoon for us when we go. And I was like, well, I can't imagine a life without having that option to go to the pub with my mates on a, on a Saturday afternoon, but then still have the option just to shoot over the football and be able to walk in. And mm. and also in the future, once they do sell, because eventually they will, you know, if things do get better, I don't want to be number 55,000 on that waiting list.
1: There's and not I'll, a waiting list. B. I'm lucky <laughs> I'm lucky enough
2: to to have a scene ticket. We're lucky enough to have a scene ticket now and if there is a 55 that 60,000 long list of of names waiting to get in desperately waiting to get into the ground um <laughs> then i don't want to be at the back of that queue i want to be i want to be straight i want to be still there you know so even if it does take 15 minute, 15 years for that to happen but the the, the key thing is the is the protest you know keep doing those right and uh, and you know keep putting the pressure on it then you know hopefully we might begin to see some change but that's the only way that it happens because if, if we do stay quiet then unfortunately it will just carry on I think
1: absolutely well look I think that was a, that was an excellent segment far longer than I think we'd anticipated but Tom in particular I always uh it's always good to hear your thoughts on that because uh, again you're um you managed to eloquate them eloquate them is that a word Are you gonna pull me up on that one I pull myself up you. Like elo- eloquate you could have
2: just said you, you managed to say them really well
1: eloquently
2: <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could have done that actually
1: you're right well i'm not managing to eloquate myself properly so i think on that note that'll be the end of this segment but stay with us next as we'll run for our desired starting 11 for the first game of the season name that game is back with jonesy in the quizmaster seat and the west ham women's segment to wrap things up so stick around because all that's coming up next So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. I couldn't eloquate myself properly at the end of that last segment. I promise that I'll do my very best for this one, despite my potential career and ending knee injury that none of the boys seem too bothered about. Lads excellent segment there i think it's uh as we've, we've mentioned before we don't like to ram these things down people's throats everyone who listens knows what's going on at the club everyone who listens has their own view on it um and that's the beauty of of where we always stand podcast and the world we live in is that everyone is free to have their own views and uh, act as they like tom excellent hearing from you there and uh, and your thoughts on the situation with the board i think it was just one of those times we don't like to jam it down people's throats, but this week has been one of those times where it's come up again and was worth talking about just one thing quickly lads, in the break there, news broke of Glenn Murray's move to Watford so absolutely outstanding news for everyone associated with West Ham <laughs> because we might actually keep a clean sheet against Brighton next season which will be huge, that's at least six conceded goals that we can, uh, that we can write off that will be without next season, Glenn Murray just been confirmed as a Watford player and will play for them in the Championship next season. Also, it was uh, Al Jazeera FC, in case any of you were still concerned, who Manuel Lanzini played for before, from the United Arab Emirates. But enough of that. Starting 11s for next season, we've mentioned that there's been no transfer activity whatsoever at West Ham United. I'm pretty sure that we're all just going to guess the exact same 11. Uh, Tom, I'll throw to you on it first. I'm mm. guessing it's a no-brainer about Fabianski and goal, of course, for all of us. What are you? What formation are you having?
0: I'll probably go four-three-three three with obviously one striker, two wingers ahead of the three in the middle. So I'd have if we're going to do that. I'd have Fabianski as much as this sounds ridiculous for the amount I slag him off. I would then have Cresswell at left back. I just think he's better defensively than Masuaku as much as he King, needs to go
1: King Arthur please on this podcast I right, well, the me, respect all, he deserves just,
0: either or either or but I, honestly that position I almost don't care because they're both poor but I'll say Cresswell for me and then I'd have obviously I'll Barnard, Diop side by side and then Ben Johnson for me I don't know what you two are thinking but I'd have Johnson and then Rice Suchek and then it, whenever I've been picking this in my head Noble probably will play but I'd like to see four now's in there so I'd say no, sorry, Suchek, Rice, four nows, and then I'd have Bowen on the right, the Garner on the left, and Antonio to start the season, because he's, he's got to get the gig after what he did at the back end of last year for me.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Tom, I think uh, are you similar thoughts to, to sorry, James even. Similar thoughts to Tom there?
2: Uh, exactly the same barring uh, I'd have Haller up front instead of Antonio. I quite mm. like that.
0: I do not yeah, at all.
2: And and weirdly enough, I forgot about Suchek in my when I was jotting down my little <laughs> eleven, and I forgot all about him. Bless him. So go um, on then,
1: Josie. Give us give us your uh, give us your team then, just to clear well, it, it was, up.
2: It was exactly the same formation, exactly the same back um, back four, Fab so, in goal. Yeah, uh, that it was Rice Noble for now. So I think my love of Noble blinded my. Uh, yeah. Uh, my, <laughs> my, con-
0: it's only right It's only right my,
2: my only love for I've got, I've got a love for Suchek as well But that noble That light for noble Is still burning brightly <laughs> um, So um, But I, yeah I would drop Nobes As much as I love him uh, For Suchek Four nows And then Bowen and Diengarno On each wing And then Haller up front Over, over Antonio Purely because I feel that D- Diengarn, I When mean, he showed it With Haller's hat trick and yeah. that first, uh, in that first friendly, that you know it he, he could be the guy that really feeds Hadda this year um, if we keep him. So yeah, that, that would be my eleven.
1: Mm, fair enough. Well, listen, what, what about this? Just to shake things up a bit. And I genuinely do think I would not be disappointed if this was the way Moy's lined up at all. Five at the back, like I said, and then I think you do. I think you put Masuaku in there um, because I think that's where his best position is. I think he works best he's played his best football at west ham as a left wing back and he's posted a load of photos on his instagram over the summer of him working hard when everyone else is on holiday so that basically means he's going to be absolutely outstanding next season <laughs> um, no but i have, um, have ja- james i don't know if you know that that's actually the rules when footballers post uh, videos of themselves working hard in the gym over the summer that means they're going to be really good next year
2: right all oh, right yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, right. i didn't, didn't realize you didn't right.
1: know that but that is how it works <laughs> No, uh, Fabian's getting I goal. Uh, Masuaku left wing back. I'd, I'd stick with Fredericks. I think you Johnson's a great backup. And if he does play in a four, like you two have mentioned, I would not be sorry to see Ben Johnson playing on either side of that defence. Um, but I think if it, I'd like to see him try that five. So, I have Fredericks, right wing back. Masuaku, left wing back. Then the three in the middle, basically the only three centre-backs that we've got, Ogbonna Diop and Yufro-Belbuena in there. I think it takes the pressure off of the fact that all three of them are OK centre-backs at best. I think if there's three of them there, surely there's a a little bit less chance of them letting a few goals in. And then I think you have a midfield three of Suchek, uh, Rice and Fornells. And then I think up front, you have Haller out and out, but then I think you have Jared Bowen buzzing around in like a little... Just sort of false nine sort of position, just off the striker that he can link up, play in mid, drop back into midfield and buzz around Haller. Because Haller, was, there's no point putting him up front on his own again like last season. He was just so isolated. So, yeah, just to be a little bit different. Um, neither of you look overly astounded or blind. mind's blown by that. None of you are like oh, Will. I'd never thought of it like that.
0: I'm just cool. Will Puriola, basically, isn't
2: it? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm gobsmacked at the. I'm so gobsmacked at the realization that all it takes for, to play well at fo- be good at football is that work hard during the summer. And, <laughs> and post yeah, it on Instagram. No, you yeah. must post it on Instagram. Oh JT. right, okay. Because yeah. that's me thinking you just had to be good at football, but no, you've got to work <laughs> no, hard no, for mate. it as well.
1: Yeah, put it on your blow,
2: Instagram blow stories. Blow me down. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's interesting um <laughs> that's I, not I, good is it i like <laughs> the idea of, I, <laughs> that's, that's, you, really, that's
1: really special <laughs> yeah
2: um, yeah good try Will, Will, yeah, we'll yeah, oh, yeah, we'll uh, no i mean i like the idea of um of bowen buzzing around mm. sort, of, sort of i like the it's the way feel, you
1: describe it jonesy
2: that's yeah, the key, yeah yeah he's um yeah no i mean it could work Know. <laughs> <It> <laughs> do you not want Dean really, but...
0: Garner? Do you just not want? Do you not? Are you not a bit? I mean, we've we've been starved of signings. So do you not have fancy seeing a bit of Dean Garner in there?
1: No, I. You know what? To be honest, I do. I think the. In reality, Moyes isn't going to do what I've said. I'd, I would actually genuinely like it because I think our mm. defence was so appalling last year. I think if you went with that, it's it's becoming a bit fashionable, isn't it? Wolves and Sheffield United did it really well with the five at the back last season. Mm. Um, so, and I think we we it worked for Moyes in his first spell. Uh, I don't think, unfortunately, that he will do that. So yeah, if he, if he sticks with the four-two. 3-1 style, then I 100% want to see Rice and Suchik at the base of that with Dean Garner on the left where um, Anderson used to be or where he used to go and stand for uh, 90 <laughs> minutes in his claret blue top. Yeah, four nails in the middle, Bowen on the right. And then, you know what? I, I think the Haller-Antonio thing, I think it's you can't. I don't think you put Haller in straight away. You can't. You've just got to think that Antonio might still carry on that form the Giesel wins Player of the Month, Barclays Premier League Player of the Month, or whatever it was. And last time a West Ham player won that was God knows when. I, I think it's bang out of order if if Moyes drops him for the for if he doesn't do anything and doesn't carry on that form. Then yeah, maybe you bring Haller back in. But no, I'd uh, I'd be starting Antonio if he does do the the four two three one. All to play for though, lads. Well, I think we'll get a bit more of an idea uh, at the. Bournemouth game on the weekend if West Ham managed to grab the Betway Cup back. I'm not sure whether Athletic Bilbao have had that pride position in their trophy cabinet or whether they'll even been able to give the trophy back because of coronavirus but we'll, uh, we'll probably have a better idea based on the team Moyes puts out for Saturday's game who he's going to start against Newcastle but it's back. Name that game. The quiz section that's replaced the Rogue Mystery Players quiz, Uh, just like David Moyes will be tinkering with his squad this weekend. Uh, Jonesy, Tom and I have done a little bit of tinkering with the format of Name That Game. We want to have it just right and ready to go for when the season starts properly. So the gist of the game, each week, the Quizmaster this week it's James Jones, picks a West Ham match from history and collates the necess- some necessary pieces of information. Uh, each of the pieces of information are below. An obscure fact or a, a piece of information about the game, the scoreline only, not giving away the winner, uh, one opposition goal scorer, if any, one West Ham goal scorer, if any, the stadium in which the game was played, and the season and if it's a draw uh, the point system goes to a draw the tiebreaker is the exact year that the game took place the guessers can interrupt who is me and tom this week can interrupt at any time and guess the remaining bits of information about the game from what jonesy has given us so far it goes one by one each incorrect guess gets thrown over to the opponent the format's changed slightly this week uh, it's a point for each correct piece of information you get right. And then three bonus points given to the overall winner. So Jonesy uh, quiz master this week. Are you ready for it? Take it away.
2: Yeah. So before we get going, I just want to, I, I, I find I, 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 when it comes to thinking of sort of good games in the past, I'm pretty good at those, but when I actually had to select one today, absolute nightmare, <laughs> Googling classic West Ham games, like, but I hope I've picked a good one. Um, so the first one, obscure facts or piece of information about this game, is uh, in this game, the white ball was famously subbed off for the yellow ball.
0: That's a beauty of a fact. Yeah. I'm not gonna yeah, I don't you. care Damn who it. wins now. That's a belter. <laughs> yeah. Blooming I ain't got it on that side. Nah, that nothing on you. that, no. Josie.
2: No, okay. Um... Uh, number two, scoreline,
1: it's 4-0. Right. Can you guess? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going to interject now then, Josie. So now I've interjected, just for the people at home, because it is a new game. Now I've interjected, I can guess the next piece of information. If I get it right, then it throws to Tom to have a go. So I'm just going to have a guess, Josie, at piece of information number three, which is uh, one opposition goal scorer. I'm going to say that there wasn't any because it was 4-0 to West Ham. Correct. That is correct. Right. So that's one point mm-hmm. for me, for those listening at home. And Tom, you get to have a guess at the one West Ham goal scorer.
0: Colton Cole. That's correct. <laughs> oh, that's She's absolutely point. nailed it. One
1: point each side, so throws back to me. Jonesy, I'm going to say the stadium was Upton Park.
2: Yeah, That's correct.
1: That's two points for me. One for Tom. Tom, this throws back to you, so you get to guess the season that it was in.
0: Oh no. oh, n- oh nine ten. No, no, it's not. 09-10. Oh. ten. Oh,
2: nine, nine ten. And and, uh, 10. I I I'm gonna right say, game.
1: I'm gonna say. If I th- think it's the game, is it ten eleven?
2: It is ten eleven. Oh. oh. Of course it is.
1: Three points. That is the win for me, Jonesy. Was it West Ham United four Manchester United 0? It
2: was indeed. Oh, cup oh,
0: yeah. I knew the game. I just got it. the year was a tough one.
2: League Cup I, court we, final in the snow, thirty first November. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Specter yeah. What
1: a game that was! What a game! And so Johnny
2: Specter became a hero.
0: Yeah.
1: He yes, absolutely, is. against his old club. So, just uh, just so everyone who's listening at home, we've changed that format. Likely, that's the one we're likely to go ahead with this season. So, I get the three points, Jonesy. Correct me if I'm wrong. There, three points for the three, three correct pieces of information that I got. Tom got the one, and I also get three bonus points for the as you would in football normally for the victory. So that's six points for me for the evening, and one for Tom. Tom, not too Stinker. disgraceful Stinker for you so in the end. But, uh, yeah, Josie, so uh, excellent. that game was a belter. Were you at that one, Josie, or were you playing rugby?
2: No, I was <laughs> at that one, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was at that. Uh, we, My mate head-butted uh, my missus when I think we went 4-0 up. On purpose? Accident. No, it was an accident. <laughs> yeah. Lucy doesn't um, just
1: support Man United. No, yeah. no,
2: no, no. We, <laughs> yeah, no, she doesn't. Um, but, yeah, she got head-butted by my mate, and everyone laughed while she was, like, on the floor. <laughs> um, not thinking, not realizing how hard it was until you know, my mate went after, said about the goal. Oh, my head, it was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it was actually quite hard. Um, but yeah, yeah, I can't believe it's almost 10 years ago. Yeah, um, crazy madness. did But did, the, you, uh, did you carry on
1: celebrating, mate? Or,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not often you're beating United 4 0 at home, is it? So, um, in the snow
0: as well, in the snow, in what the game. snow.
2: And uh, that was the game that Carlton Carl's head was steaming afterwards, I think, as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Lucy's
1: um, by the sound of it. Yeah, I know, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the white ball was famously subbed off for the other ball. I remember the stadium announcer actually announced it as if it was a substitution. Yeah. And everyone giggled in the ground. It was a good moment. Just like the
1: uh, Mr. Moon Mr Moon left the yeah. stadium. Excellent. Well, I think uh, I think that format works a little bit better. A little bit of a ding-dong like we had mm. with the Mystery Players quiz last season. So, Jonesy, nice one on that. We'll start the league table. I think what we'll do... Is start the league table once we've um once the season starts properly. Now we've uh, we're starting to establish the format of the quiz for this season a little bit more. We all miss the mystery players quiz, of course, and but it's nice as as we've been able to do then to remember the legend that is uh, Jonathan Spector at West Ham United. So that wraps up the segment three of the show. Name that game. Uh, the second instalment of that. We've covered absolutely loads tonight, so stick with us because we'll do our last little segment on the West Ham women's team next. You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And in the second ever instalment of Name That Game, the new quiz that we're running on the We Are West Ham show this season, I managed to get my inaugural victory, which is good news for me. We'll uh, nail down that format and by the time the season starts properly, We'll have the the league table ready, just as we did with the Rogue Mystery Players Quiz, and there'll be a little bit of competition between the three of us, as you are all used to listening at home. But the new segment we've introduced this season, uh, at the at the end of each each podcast, we want to give a little bit of attention to the West Ham Women's team. It's been their you know their profile the last couple of seasons has been growing. The FA Cup final that they reached. Not too long ago was obviously one that we, were, that we were all proud of at the club and definitely spiked interest. West Ham, uh, they're also they featured on the BBC3 documentary before, which uh, Jack Sullivan was on. It's about his running of the, the West Ham women's team. Jack Sullivan, of course, still in charge. Um, some, some big news this week again, Jonesy, another busy week for the women's team. To be quite honest, it was probably a busier week for them than it was for the men's team. The new kit numbers were released. Uh, It was announced that their WSL home game against Arsenal on September 12th will allow 1,000 fans in as part of the one of the pilot events under the government's new guidelines. Uh, they also were drawn, uh, the, the draw for the League Cup took place. Uh, they'll be facing Reading, Brighton and Championship side Charlton. And the news came out, of course, about the new BBC documentary Squad Goals. So that's uh, once again, uh, able to have a look and see how it's all run at the West Ham women's team. I'm hoping to get quite a few guests on this season. I uh, weren't able to get anyone in for tonight, but from next week onwards, hope to have a, have a guest guest most weeks. Jonesy, the, um, some more transfers again. Uh, we, we touched on them. Last week, which was quite impressive, but this week there's been a uh, departure. Philippa Wallen, uh, left-back Philippa Wallen, has gone to Applewell Limassol in Cyprus and incomings Australian midfielder Emily Van has is coming on loan from Orlando Pride. It seems like the, the women's team are certainly in the transfer market um, making some moves where the men's team aren't, which is, um, I think, quite exciting for, for a lot of the season ticket holders and, and fans of the women's team at the moment.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think what before those those two, I think it was six in, six out, so that makes it seven in, seven out. Quick maths. Um <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been a busy it's been a busy uh summer so far for the for the team and now hopefully I mean I know they've they've lost one or two key players, but by all accounts they brought in a um, sort of replaced those. You know, they've got the Czech football of the year that we spoke about last week and um, you know, it, it looks as though they they're beginning to build a a nice, strong and balanced squad. So hopefully they can get you know, get the season up and running with a positive result against Arsenal, hopefully in front of those 1,000 fans as well, singing and uh, making a bit of an atmosphere. For me, that's the big news of the week, that 1,000 fans being allowed in to watch. Mm. Um, it's It gives us all a glimmer. I hope that you know football's beginning to just get back to some kind of normal for us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, even if that is just used as a trial event, we're uh, seeing to get holders only. Um, but yeah, for me, that's that's the big news. You know, fans beginning to be allowed to get back.
1: Of course, it is. I mean, that traverses not just women's football. That's big news in in the world of yeah. sport in general, isn't it, Tom? I mean, mm. I think we we all agreed, or we all said last week, we've all just put our names in for the ballot to get um, tickets to the men's side. As and when we can, uh, yeah, the Dagenham and Redbridge-Victoria Road was their new stadium, the women's team's new stadium for this season. It's got a maximum capacity of 6,000, but there's going to be 1,000 fans let in. That's their home game against Arsenal on September the 12th. Yeah. We saw Brighton and Chelsea played a pre-season friendly, which I, was, um, I watched that the other day. And you know what? Although there was only 2,500 people in there at the Amex, and they were all dotted around, I don't know if either of you saw pictures or footage, yeah it was brilliant to have some actual fans singing actual Ooh. songs and all right yeah the, the, it was a bit empty but you could still hear them it was still a bit of a laugh uh, Graham Potter Ooh. and Frank Lampard spoke after the game and said that's really good so it's, uh, it's certainly heartening isn't it to see that the um, you know the same's happening in the women's game and, and hopefully they can keep those numbers up for the season.
0: Exactly that and I think sport in general the whole world's missed the entertainment side of it and getting fans in and getting them to enjoy the experience, see it live. And obviously women's sports taken a big hit by the coronavirus, probably more so than the Premier League has and all these big, big massive corporations who've been able to put it on and the NBA and people like that, who have got the money pumped into them that they've been able to make uh, agreements with respective governments to get, uh, to get people along and to get the games finished and to get the seasons finished. Whereas the WSL hasn't quite had the same level of, support or or ability to get on with things and close out the seasons and do everything. I know the Women's Champions League was finished a couple of nights ago and Leon won it. So yeah, it's, it's exciting to see women's football back in general. It's exciting to see a new season. It's a lot of ingoings uh, and outgoings at West Ham. And like you said, I'm excited to hear the season from their point of view and get some of their opinions on what it's like at the new place there's a lot of change down there so it's it's exciting time for women's football in general and for West Ham women's team
1: absolutely yeah you wonder whether the uh, the move to the stadium and uh, like you said there a lot of the in-goings mm. and out whether that's going to benefit them or you know be a negative you'd imagine having that stable home at victoria road Dagenborough-Redbridge's ground if it can get up to, let's like, say, you get 6,000 people in there, that's the capacity of the stadium. If they can get those numbers in, having a stable home is obviously going to do them a favour. Some of the games that they will be playing at their, uh, that new stadium is in the Continental League Cup. And as I said earlier, they've been drawn in Group D uh, with fellow WSL sides Reading and Brighton, as well as Championship Outfit Charlton. They beat Reading, of course, to reach that FA Cup final. A couple of seasons ago, it's a great achievement at the time. Beat them on penalties at Adams Park, Brighton again. Decent side. Uh, they'll they'll provide a challenge this year. You'd hope when you drop down, especially the the levels that you see in the WSL these days, where they are, you know, proper professionals. The Championship sides, unfortunately, still a lot of part time players not training quite as much. Um, so you'd hope they could get out of that group. I, I certainly think there'll be there'll be confidence within the side, and then obviously from there um, go on to. I think it's the t- no, it is. It's the top. The teams are split six groups, and then the top team from each group, um, as well as two best performing second place sides, uh, qualifier from the quarter-final. So obviously only one guaranteed spot in there. Um, Reading again, they're they're a decent outfit. So it'll be a bit of a challenging one for them there. But look, it's uh, it's an exciting time for the women's team, just like it is is the men's. And we'll be keeping an eye on them throughout the season. Uh, obviously, if some of you listen already, already attend games. Um, that's absolutely excellent. I'm sure you're looking forward to the new season at Victoria Road, as, uh, as well as everyone else's. And um, me and the lads are certainly going to try and get down there a couple of times this season, have a little day out the three of us see what's what and we're hoping to uh to throughout the year and throughout the season get a lot more guests be they um members of the squad the former members of the squad have had rosie and molly committer on the podcast before hopes hear from them again but we'll be keeping you all uh breast of the west Ham women's team as the season progresses lads what a show what a show i think um tom's uh tom's Soliloquy on the uh, the state of things at the moment—that's another elaborate word that I've managed to squeeze in there, Jonesy. And that time I delivered it properly. That was probably the highlight of the show. Excellent to hear from you, Tom. As always, on uh, the state of things at the club, it's been uh, it's been brilliant. Any Jonesy? Any final thoughts?
2: Oh just you know, hopefully we can win some silverware at the weekend. Um, <laughs> this, it's weekend. Uh, it's been a long, long wait. For, for silverware and now this one's not a friendly. I've decided it's not a friendly this one. Not about uh, fitness. When there's when no when there's a trophy up for grabs Game changer. Um, no, it's mass it's massive. It's huge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely huge. Thomas, I'm sure you uh, feel exactly the same way about this weekend's Betway Cup mm. clash with Bournemouth. But uh, any I think you've you've done yourself proud yeah. already tonight, Tom, with uh, the way you put your thoughts across earlier on. But anything to sum up with from you?
0: Just I mean the nerves are you know, I just can't contain myself for the Betfred Cup or sorry, Betway Cup. So Betfred, who am I? I actually so <laughs> myself down the river of lies there. That's um, undermined it, no. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's ruined everything. We up. Let's change it all. Uh, no, but yeah, uh, yeah, the nerves for that. The nerves for getting ninety minutes in for my precious D in Ghana. Um but no, yeah, looking forward to it now, getting ready to get the season going, to be honest with you. We we bored of the transfer news, bored of all that and, and the closer we get the better. So just fingers crossed
1: absolutely absolutely we'll, we'll sign out on a couple of uh, positive notes as we say we'd love it if you could give us a uh, go on to your chosen podcast platform wherever you listen to us and give us give us a rating give us a review if you think we're only worth one star then just give us one star and write about it in the comments and tell us if you think we're worth five then give us five and uh jot a few words down a couple that we've had in the last week or so uh, which we didn't get a chance to read out on the last show uh to Tepe Tepe, they said the best West End podcast out there by a mile. Funny, insightful, measured opinions from the lads. Keep up the great work. And this is from Moro. Love listening to the boys. I work abroad and it's a great podcast to keep up to date with all that is West Ham. Keep it up. Thanks very much for everyone who has reviewed, given us a review already. Those ones were from iTunes, but you can, of course, go on Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you listen to us and give us a review. Remember this week, this week's episode will be going up on YouTube. There's a link for the YouTube channel in this podcast description. So when you're going in there, give us your review. You can just click on the YouTube link and see what the three of us actually look like. Do follow us on Twitter. We are underscore West Ham. And of course, Instagram as well. And one last thing, Join our Fantasy Premier League code if you haven't already and you're a fantasy football nut. And you can play against me and the boys for the rest of the season. Jonesy will start awfully and inevitably win and then I'll be absolutely furious about it. The code for that is all lowercase C-N-Y-6-O, the letter U. Hundreds of people signed up already. It'd be great if you could as well. Lovely hearing from the lads tonight. Thanks again, as always, for listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Keep the faith. Up the hammers, and we'll see you next week.
2: Hello there, I'm Tony Gow, and you are listening to We Are West Ham podcast.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.